XV Planis as part of the Green Mushroom Podcast Network. And I'm noticing that. And then it's like it started to like drift like sideways, you know, across the floor. wasn't like a thing it was more like little glowy lights kind of like almost like is I did see a larger taller figure shadow figure that, that looked to me that was actually standing in the corridor almost like a long mist. It's not quite a mist. It's not quite transparent either. It's more dense than that. And like that's when I walked up and I could see the shadow figure like kind of there, but it was almost like crawling. Like it wasn't like full blown standing up. Lisa and I are in the back and I'm like there, it's there, it's there like calling out doors and like it's on the left it's on the right it's going from left to right it's going across this way it's going across that way it wasn't like he was hiding it was like he was looking like sizing all of us up it was just something that my mind couldn't necessarily process so when i would look at it it wasn't there but it was you could legitimately see that it was there what follows is the beginning of the strangest 3 hours of my life Welcome to XV Planets. Greetings, friends and fiends, and welcome back to XV Planets. Transmitting from the Black Lodge, as always, I am your host, Flood, and as always, I am very happy to be here to dive further into the weird with you. My apologies for the delay in releasing this set of episodes. Your ghostly host was feeling ghastly and, alas, had no voice to use. But fear not, I have recovered, for the most part at least. We've got a lot to cover this evening, so let's take a moment to get back to where we were on the previous installment. As stated last time, our team for the Waverly Hills Sanatorium investigation totaled at nine people, most of whom you will hear from tonight. Since we all have very different schedules and live in different places, it made more sense for me to interview everybody individually for this episode rather than to attempt group roundtable recordings. So as we progress through the final hours of our investigation, we'll be hearing from the other team members as we approach each event in the order it happened. As a reminder, each of these interview segments you'll be hearing tonight can be found in their full, uncut, and uncensored glory over on our Patreon. Before we go barreling back down into the dark halls of Waverly, I want to take a moment to discuss a phenomenon that we have been experiencing at most of the more intense locations that we visited. I refer to it as the paranormal fog. 
This is something that we first encountered when reviewing our experience at the Sally House from Atchison, Kansas. The best way to describe it is that for some, these places can have a powerful psychological effect that can manifest in several ways. For our crew, it typically involves memory lapses. Not quite like time loss scenario, but a blur on the details, or of timing, of who you were with at any given moment. Also, we have experienced moments of memory suppression. It's hard to have a conversation about something when your brain involuntarily goes blank at a moment's notice. In full transparency, this is a testament to how much harder I need to work on documenting each and every moment for all of these investigations. The reason I bring the fog up is that you will hear examples of it tonight, how some people remember things differently, and how some of us saw things very differently. For those of you who need a refresher, we left off the investigation at 12.40 a.m. I decided to walk down to the second floor hallway and just sit in the dark and wait and watch. I was drawn to that area in particular for some reason, but I had no high paranormal expectations as I leaned against the hallway walls and slowly slid down to the ground to get comfortable. The dark is so thick between those walls that even the slightest bit of light will completely wreck your night vision. So after glancing at the glowing screen of the full-spectrum camera, then back down the hallway, I decided to forego any electronic interference and let my vision sink into the shadows. After sitting silently and staring intensely for about 15 minutes, my eyes adjusted and I began to see more details in the darkness. Shadows on top of shadows began to reveal the defined lines of doorways and moldings separating segments of the corridor. And then, I saw movement. It was subtle at first, like shadows of barren tree limbs against a sidewalk swaying back and forth in the moonlight, so much so that I pass it off as just that, a trick of the light. But from the moment the movement caught my eye, I knew better. I could feel it in my bones. The more I let my eyes extend, the more I could see. Rigid, pale limbs that would only briefly expose themselves to the ambient light in intervals, extending towards me, seemingly digging the ends of their apparatuses into the corners of walls and floors and ceilings to pull itself closer to me, diving in and out of the shadows as if it was slipping in and out of our reality. It was at this point that I had seen too much. So, with some effort, I broke my gaze and retreated back to the break room to find the rest of the team recuperating from the Estes session we had held not even 45 minutes earlier. After a moment of regrouping, we all began to make our way back to the location that I had just seen the anomaly in. As this installment progresses, we will hear from several team members regarding the events that transpired in those final hours. What is truly worth noting here is that ten people all shared a single experience together. And while each and every one of us may perceive it differently, there is one reigning unanimous truth. Something happened. What happened in that hallway, once we had all gathered, was unprecedented, apparently even by Waverly's haunting standards. The infamous creeper had come out to play in a manner not indicative of its usual demeanor. Where this phantom would often only show itself in the shadows behind its would-be curiosity, here we had one on full display. And if we go by the movements of the shadows maybe a few of them, but things got far more interesting after we dragged our tour guide into it. I stuck my head out on the second floor balcony and I said, hey man, I think we have creeper action going on out here, you want to see this? His response was amusing, what? Down here? He followed me back to the hallway and the rest of the team was converging at the right spot and there we were, nine of us, watching something, or things that can't be described plus one tour guide on the floor, on all fours, asking this shadow, this phantom, Hey, hey, what you doing down here, dude? 
No joke. What follows here is a collection of our team's accounts. I suggest again that you listen to them all and note the differences, but acknowledge the more important part. 10 out of 10 saw something. And while all 10 of us can say that we experienced something, few experienced it in the same way. We're going to pick this back up from my return to the break room and move along in a chronological narrative, walking you through the events that unfolded and offering everyone's point of view. We're going to hear from Jill first, since she was the first one that I interacted with upon returning to the break room. So um, I, I think we had alluded to this before about how much things have changed at Waverly Hills. And there now is a break room on the second floor corridor, which which is very convenient because um, you can just come right in there after um, investigating. And so John comes literally running into the break room, frantically searching for me. And I was right near the door, comes up, like grabs me. And I've always wanted to say this, but you actually look like you'd just seen a ghost. (laughs) You were so, you were literally shaking. Your eyes were like as big as pie plates. You're like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. I saw it, I saw it, I saw it. And I was like, okay, you're okay. And I think I was like holding you. I think I was like trying to ground you. Like, it's okay, it's okay. Cause you you literally were on the verge of tears. Oh yeah, I was shook. (laughs) Yeah, it's, as anyone would be. Um, so yeah, I think I, I kind of grounded you a little bit. I kind of held you. I was, we were very, very close face to face and I was like, it's okay. It's okay. Tell me what happened. You, you told me you saw the creeper and then we kind of, you know, you kind of calmed down. I was kind of like geared, geared up. And I think I said <laughs> to you, okay, let's go. Get it. <laughs> you, you did, me. you like, did. Me. And it, it. I simultaneously wanted to scream at you and high five you. <laughs> um, it, yeah, as soon as you said, well, let's go see it. I kind of had this pause and I just looked around. I'm like, strength in numbers. Okay. Yes, let's go. Um, <laughs> but yeah, 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 yeah. I needed to, I needed to take a minute to kind of wrap my head around it. And, but, but anyway, uh, so after that, we started making our way out there. Yeah. So then, um, you know, you, you've commented on this before, and I, I do have a fair amount of gaps in my memory of that night. I remember some things incredibly clearly, but um, I know definitely you and I headed out into the hallway. Mm-hmm. And like I said, the, the break room is very conveniently located on the second floor. And the creeper that used to hang out on fourth floor also very conveniently decided to hang around on the second floor, just down the corner from us, basically. Yeah. So we we had to walk maybe, what, 50 yards to to see him? I mean, it was like it was like right there. It was... It was not very far down the down the corridor at all. So I know you and I went, and um, I think maybe some other people had heard um, what was going on because I know there were some other people in the break room. So I think quite a few of us filed out into the corridor to take a look at it. Yeah, yeah. And and it was there. It was there. Um, it's kind of hard to explain to people when things are blacker than black, but when people say things are blacker than black, you really can see things that are, are very dark within the darkness. 
Yes, absolutely. And this is why I wanted to get your your account of this is what I've been discovering throughout this process of interviewing everybody that's been there. We all saw something. None of us saw the same thing, though. That's what I find to be fascinating is what what I think what I saw maybe two other people experienced. And then like Todd was talking about only seeing things on the periphery of his vision. Um, Megan and Alejandra said that they could see things further down the hallway, but we all perceived things a little bit differently. I know that you made a, a comment when we were out there that your you know your vision isn't quite what you used to what it used to be, but I'm wondering if you could describe to the best of your abilities what you saw. Of course, and you know, yeah, that that's part of the aging process. And also, when you're ghost hunting, it's not good if you're running in and out of lit rooms and you're using screens. I mean, typically, you know, I know later in the evening we just stayed in the darkness. So, so there was a little bit of that going on because, like I said, we we literally ran out of the break room. Um, what what I saw in a very very dark hallway is you know, kind of standing there for a few minutes and letting my eyes acclimate a little bit is I did see a larger, taller figure, shadow figure that that looked to me that was actually standing in the corridor. Now on the sides the of the walls, it was like very, very dark. And I did see like a shape that appeared to be clinging to one of the walls that was moving around. Um, it kind of crawled onto the floor. It sort of jumped up onto the wall. Um, that was a little bit like murkier, but there, there definitely was something, um, moving around within that, within that space. Yeah. So I, I think, so that, that means that you, you and I were the first ones to catch a glimpse on, uh, of what was behind the creeper. Yes. And, and that's, that's where it gets really interesting for me because, again, like none of us experienced this the same way, but that is something that definitely stood out to me is I could see this one thing uh, that was essentially bouncing between the walls, the floor, mm-hmm. and the ceiling, <clears throat> sticking to the shadows, and kind of on occasion you, you might see something that resembles a head kind of poking out and, mm-hmm. and you know, curiously looking at you. But it, yeah, it was the thing that was further down the hallway behind it that to me looked like it was almost seven feet tall, um, just massive black. It, it was it was large and it almost seemed sort of broad shouldered. Mm-hmm. Yeah, tapered off a little bit. Yeah, it ta- yeah. yeah it tapered it tapered off. Um, yeah, it, it it was quite large and like I said, with with the darkness and and the distance, it's it's kind of difficult to you know determine how large something was. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and maybe that wasn't it's like real size. You know, a lot of times you're sort of seeing things and you're getting like the perception. My perception was that it was big. Yeah. That's the way it perceived, you know, in my mind that that's something that's really large. Blacker than black is a description you'll hear from at least a few of us. That's what I was seeing at the beginning of this experience, but the longer I stared into the shadows, the more defined it became. It took on a very solid humanoid shape, slipping in and out of the shadows of the walls and the ceiling. Much further behind that, a few of us started to see other things stirring. The occasional mass shadow moving from side to side, up and down. 
the occasional dull flash of light moving from the wall to the ceiling to the floor. Megan witnessed something similar, so let's get her perspective on the events happening so far. Um, I forget, Jill and I were talking about something when you came in. You were like, I think I just saw the creeper. And we were like, sweet, where? Because <laughs> we're all a bunch of weirdos. And you were like, it's on this floor. Like, uh, it's because I think supposedly most people see it on the fourth floor. Was that right? Yeah, that's um, uh, according to lore, that seems to be the place that it's most often seen. And then um, I forget the name of our guide that night. Also John. John. Uh, we, because he was out smoking, so we went out and was like, John just saw the creeper on this floor. And he was like, this floor? Mm-hmm. And we're like, yeah. And he comes into the hallway and like crouches down and is like, hey, little buddy, what are you doing down here? And me and Jill and Lisa were just like. What? what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, I think we all proceeded to kind of group up really and kind of walk down the hall. I feel like I had, I was walking in front quite frequently because I'm a weirdo and not afraid of the dark. I think you were our mid-person because Todd and I were the first ones yes. to break off. And, then and it we was kept moving Lisa. further and further down. Well, yeah, but you guys disappeared. And then it was me and Lisa and Jill and I don't know that Alejandra was there and Walker walking down. And, and like we got all the way to the far end of that hallway and didn't see you guys at all. And text, I texted you. I was like, hey, we see the creeper down here too. Where are you? And, and we were on the opposite end of walked, it. You, I think you had walked all the way down and then through the brooms out to the balcony and then all the way back down, I think, right? Oh, like looped back around? Yeah, while we were walking down the inner hallway. That sounds about right. Yeah. And then you were coming back from that end of the hall. Like we like. We had gotten all the way to the end of the building, and you had looped around through the balcony back to where we had started, and we're walking back down again. Mm-hmm. And then, um, I, I, if I remember correctly, you were walking down the hallway. Somebody told you to stop moving. I don't remember if that was Todd or Lisa, because we could see something behind you. And then we couldn't tell if it was, like, you hitting, like, moonbeams and breaking up shadow or if it was something that was back there. I don't remember, like, because that happened while you were walking down the hallway, and then you came all the way down, and then you wandered off again, and me and Lisa were standing next to each other, and I'm, like, it's like, calling out doorways. I'm, like, four back on the left, three back on the right, five back on the left, like, and Lisa's, like, yep, 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 like, she can see it, too, because it wasn't, like, a thing. It was more, like, little glowy lights kind of like almost like so all right so so this is this is where it splits off into two directions Mm -hmm. so before we go into that like seeing the the light anomalies and what came after that let's scale this back down to like when you were you like were first there in the hallway with all of us yeah can you describe what you saw no, because it was, like, the only thing I saw, saw was the lights. Like, it was more like there was a um, an implication of movement, if that makes sense. Like, I didn't see a thing move. I saw what would have happened to the light if something had moved through it. Does that okay. does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, to a certain extent. Yeah. So, like, 
the when I and when I was calling out doorways, I'm watching these dots basically, and it's like a, a green little, almost like a. So when all ten of us were in that hallway, yeah. you didn't really see anything. Uh, I saw the like the move. I didn't see the the orbs, but I saw like a shadow move. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So that first that first encounter, you you got the the moving shadow that so many of us saw. For me, I was seeing flesh uh, beyond the shadow, mm-hmm. which is that's what kind of threw me. Yep, didn't see that. But the second movement of that is where we just left off from, where it was you and Lisa, and you're staring down the hallway, and you started to see the... Orbs, basically. Yeah, for lack of a better term. And it totally was all- not what you would expect when you, you use the term orbs. Um, yeah, so it's trying to, I'm trying to find a way to explain it that doesn't sound crazy. Um, uh you realize no, no. what show you're on and what room you're in. Yeah, I'm aware, but like, yes. there's there's a line I like to cross. <laughs> um, it's almost like glitter. Like if you take glittery eyeshadow and you swipe it across a piece of paper, you get that trail of like glitter, almost. So it was like one dot that would move, and it would get like a little, almost a little glittery trail behind it, and then it would catch up to itself, and then it would move again, and it was changing colors. So it was like green, moved, orange. Was- yeah green blue orange like it was never red it was always blue blue green orangey like yeah and then from there as far as you remember what happened after that uh um <laughs> i remember looking at lisa and going what the fuck <laughs> and then i like ducked into one of the little like rooms off the patio and i had my like head in my hands and Lisa's like, are you all right? And I'm like, yeah, I just don't want to look at it anymore. And uh, then I came back out and was, like, calling out doorways again. And it was like Lisa and I were the ones that could see it the best, I guess. Jill mm. c- could see it, but she didn't, like, she wasn't adding anything. Oh, no, she she even made the comment, like, I see it moving, but, man, my vision is just shot. Which yeah, is something so, like, I can relate to, absolutely. I'm I'm in behind everybody, kind of. Lisa and I are in the back and I'm like there it's there it's there it's like calling out doors and like it's on the left it's on the right it's going from left to right it's going across this way it's going across that way and like Lisa's like agreeing with me uh yeah I see it too basically um Mm -hmm. and then um I kind of just got I didn't like get nauseous or anything I was just like I can't keep looking at this like like it was there was my brain was like fuzzy i was like i can't i can't keep doing this so i like ducked into one of the rooms off the balcony and i ended up actually walking out to the balcony and sitting on the ledge and just like breathing Mm -hmm. i think i texted you that it was back down on our end of the hallway again and then i think you didn't see that for like 20 or 30 minutes because we had already wandered all almost all the way back to the waiting room and you were like where yeah, no, I I think by that point I had gotten that that itch. Yeah. And so I I pretty much spent the rest of those last few hours hanging out with this thing. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, no, I remember just feeling like like it, it didn't make me sick or anything, but I was just like I can't I can't keep Cons- I can't keep looking at this. It's draining. Yeah. Like, in I, knew, I every... thought if I kept doing it, I'd get a headache. Does mm. that make sense? Because I get migraines. So I have those, like, like um, 
you get these signals before you get a really big migraine. Like you get like spots in your vision or like certain muscles will tense up. Or yeah, I was getting that basically not the spots, but the muscle tension and like, um, because I had Bell's palsy when I was a child before I get migraines, sometimes the left side of my face will go numb. Mm -hmm. So I was getting like numbness in my cheek. And I was like, I can't, I can't keep looking at this. I have to go that way. I have to go over there. (laughs) I'm going over there. I think after that happened, I spent a really good, like, 45 minutes out on the balcony, like, sitting in the moonlight, just kind of, like, loose-eyeing, trying to get my head to stop feeling weird. Mm. And then um, I I remember walking back and forth along the balcony once or twice and then going back to the break room and hanging out there until we went and did something else, I think. Not everyone was experiencing this dazzling display of light and shadow. By this point in the evening, the events transpiring were having a pretty heavy effect on Walker, whose bell had already been rung from the Estes session earlier. While we were caught up in the visual display, Walker was experiencing things internally. I'll let him explain it. I mean, this is like kind of weird for me. Um... I've just been thinking about it these past couple of days, like going back into like what happened. And it really feels to me like a bit of like a time loss. Um, I felt like I don't remember what floor we were on when all of this happened. Like I, I don't remember. Um, all I really remember was that I was still feeling really sick. I couldn't really like stand up on my own. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was like kind of using the wall as like support. And every time I went to look down the hallway, I would see it. But then it was like the um, the black was like tunneling my vision like into like a pinhole. Um, so, so you were getting like that, uh, um, like the film effect, almost like the elongated hallway type of thing. Oh, yeah. It was almost as if like it just like stopped and was just like zooming in you mm. know, where you're like you don't everything else is out of focus and dark. Um, which obviously it was very dark, but the so, blackness coming through was very interesting. So you were with us with that initial group that went out there, right? Because I, I know that, that there was a handful of people who showed up about five to ten minutes after. No, I think I was after because I was still not feeling well. Okay, yeah. So uh, I think we came up at like afterwards, like after a few minutes. Mm. Well, like I said, I feel like I was definite, like I have like definite memories from that. Like it was a, like I saved, like I definitely know that I have that time like figured out, but I'm just like blank. I feel like the time loss is like blanking on like what all like truly went, you know, I was just, I guess, trying to focus on like trying to feel normal again. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Well, it's uh, it's it's not just you. This seems to be everybody. Like it's been interesting for me doing these uh, interviews individually because everybody is remembering things differently, and and more importantly, everybody is remembering the time differently as as like when things happen. So whenever whenever you did end up joining us in in the hallway, can you describe what you saw or you know? didn't see yeah mostly i just saw like the shadow um like the shadow figure kind of looking at us it just seemed like it was like staring us down but i don't like 
I can't really make out like a whole lot of like what exactly I saw besides like it was a more defined shadow than like what we had been seeing like previously in the right. um, hallways and stuff. Like when you see like the the kind of things that like when you sit in the hallway and look down and you see things kind of jumping through the doorways and like moving around. But this was like it wasn't like it was hiding. It was like it was look like sizing all of us up. This like solid black, you know, like humanoid type. That's a good way of putting it. It, it did kind of feel like we were getting all of us were getting sized up. Yeah. Well, there was just like that shift in the in the vibe of like the other spirits that we had saw that we had seen, and the ones that we were communicating with in the Estes session seemed to be elusive and like want to hide themselves and they were kind of running around like we said like it was very quiet early on and then um in the Estes session we had all the voices that were like he hushes us blah 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 and then it's like oh well let's introduce ourselves to the to the thing that is not afraid <laughs> to be seen or is not trying to hide hmm. you know it's like just as curious about us as we are about it that's an interesting point because I, everything was so quiet for that first half of the evening up until the Estes session. And during the Estes session, it seemed like we had a lot of voices trying to come through as as the session built. But it seems like whenever we turned all that stuff off and we decided to leave the morgue, the, it, it was almost like a, a cue for whatever else was, <laughs> no pun intended, creeping around. And then, yeah, it's, it seems like after my incident in the hallway when I first saw it, that pretty much led the investigation for the next hour at least. Like, Oh, easily. Yeah. Because yeah. so, I was still trying to get upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, guys, I'm not – I don't feel good. I was like, I can't see anything. <laughs> so well, what – Like, oh, man. What else do you remember from the, the time that we were down there in the hallway, though? Um – I mean, most of it was like I, like half of it. I feel like I was just looking at my feet because I was just like, man, I'm like drained right now. Yeah. Um, and looking down, and I remember I think y'all had walked down the hallway. I want to say it was either just you or you, Lisa and Todd. Like walked down to the other side. So I think at that point we were still trying to do like the experiments that other people had done, or like whatever the, um, the lore is to like lure like quote unquote, like the creeper out. Right. Be the bait. Um, basically. Yeah. Just like, Oh, one person. Cause we had joked the whole time. You were like, cause Jill was like, who's going to be the creeper bait. And it was, you were like, Oh, I'm doing it. And I was like, <laughs> well, I want to do it too. And it's like, Oh, okay. I guess you guys can take turns. <laughs> and then Alejandro was like, yeah, I want to do it too. <laughs> you know, turns out it was just me apparently. Cause that thing followed my ass around for the rest of the night. But uh, yeah, yeah, you are right. It was it was me and Todd. We're, we're the ones who moved forward from the group. So everybody else stayed locked in the hallway. And that's during that time we we still had our guide John there with us, who was the first one to interact with it. And I gotta admit, after he did his whole crouching on all fours and what are you doing down here, buddy? Like after that, I was just like, yeah, I have no fear anymore. Like, you're talking to this thing like a lost animal. So. Let's roll with it. Yeah, because um, that was on like the second floor, right? Because that was yes. part of what we were also trying to figure out. 
Yeah, exactly. It was it was on the second floor. That was the first time that we saw it. Not for the rest of the evening. Any anywhere I went, if I, you know, stayed still for a few minutes and let other people walk ahead of me, I would turn around and I would see this thing still hanging out just everywhere I went. Yeah. But as far as that that first instance of us all seeing it, is there anything else that stands out to you about it? Um, just like how physically affected I was, I didn't. Um, you know, like I said, my vision was weird, so I can't really put like I didn't see. I don't think as much as other people probably saw. Um, but just like it felt like from the Estes session when I started to feel sick, it felt like it had like was coming to a head. And that was like as bad as it got was just when we were all in the hallway, it just felt like my stomach was like getting squeezed. Like I'd said in the, um, like when in the Sally house when I felt like I was getting poked up my back it felt like there was like, like fingers like in, it almost felt like it was like someone was like grabbing my stomach and like squeezing it and just like really? felt like there was a lot of pressure. Um, and we had been like snacking pretty healthy, I would say. It's not like I ate anything that would that would have warranted that response. You know, I'm I'm right. very lucky to not have any allergies, so I didn't have to worry about that. But <laughs> um, I think that the way that it affected like how I was feeling and my vision um, was really interesting. And then it's like you get that feeling when like you're in the presence of a spirit that like electrical like buzzing and like you like i always like whenever we're walking around i say you feel it in your fingers like i just feel it in my fingers that there's something here you know and that was like super prominent it was just like my fingers and my hands and toes were like buzzing that that's definitely something that i've experienced on numerous other investigations with you but i i didn't feel that in particular there like but but to be honest, like after the first interaction, I, like I was shook, and and so I don't really remember much of uh, any of how I was feeling physically beyond that point. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I couldn't really focus on much, and it's like hard to play stuff because I feel like I was like when you're in that moment, it's like you're hyper focused on what you're feeling and how you're feeling. At this point, we're going to throw the mic over to Lisa and Todd, two close friends of mine and extended XV Planus family members who were also in the hallway with us. Todd was our resident skeptic for the evening, and Lisa is one of only two team members who had actually been to Waverly Hills prior to this investigation. Let's listen to a brief excerpt from their account. And I think that's where we can lead into the... Uh, I would say the big fish tail of the evening, um, yeah. which would be yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I should have yeah. looked him dead in the eye. Well, no, you shouldn't have. Yeah, you did. He tricked me. Yeah. He tricked me. So that uh, happens. Yeah, it does. It does. They're sneaky little suckers. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like you two to mm-hmm. kind of explain what you saw. So, the creeper, for the most part appears somewhere mid-hall range, sometimes long range, but mostly mid-hall. And you see almost like a long mist. It's not quite a mist. It's not quite transparent either. It's more dense than that. So you're very aware that you're visually seeing something. And the way it moves defies physics. It defies form. It defies anything that logically you can explain. But you're very aware 
that it is something and it is a presence and you have to respect it or at least you should, you should. So, but it is, I don't think it's a malefic, uh, malicious creature whatsoever. I don't think it's anything malintent. I think it's a curious friend who's just kind of stuck in weird juxtaposition. But to explain what he looks like, that's how I perceive him. Very shifty. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And hoppy at times, too. Hopping yeah. from all the ceiling. That blew my mind. Yeah. Now, um, Todd was our, our main skeptic uh, on this whole trip, and I absolutely loved it that, uh, that he was there to witness this. So, uh, Todd, again, uh, would you tell us your perspective on the whole event? So uh, after you came back to the uh, break room and, and we all followed along, you and I were leading the pack down the hallway. <laughs> and we, we were up there, like, right next to each other. And as I would look down the hallway, <clears throat> where I would look, where obviously my vision would lead me, there'd be nothing there. It would have moved out of my vision. So I'm thinking... All right, I've been wearing glasses. I've been walking through this dirty place for hours now. Maybe my glasses are dirty. We went away. I wiped my glasses, went back to the break room. My glasses are completely clean. I saw the same thing again where I can't explain. Like I can't say that, oh, there was definitely something there because it was never in the focal point of my eyes. Always on the periphery was always moving to the periphery if i'd focus on it it would just sidestep and be back in the periphery on the other side so it kept making me think oh my glasses are dirty my glasses are dirty they were never dirty it was just something that my mind couldn't necessarily process so when i would look at it it wasn't there but it was you could legitimately see that it was there so i can't go one way or the other i nothing was proven but I know I saw some shit that I look at. We're going to hear quite a bit more from Lisa and Todd on the next installment, as well as our next guest, Sonny. Now, Sonny, as many of you know, has been with us since the beginning, and I'm excited to have her back on the show to further share her experiences at Waverly. Let's listen in. my experience with everything that we saw was I walked up and John was already on his tour guide John was already on his knees saying what are you doing on this floor yeah you're supposed to be up there man what are you doing down here no I know what he's doing down there he's chasing flood he's following you as we have known from multiple experiences of the night (laughs) And then, like, that's when I walked up and I could see the shadow figure, like, kind of there. But it was almost, like, crawling. Like, it wasn't, like, full-blown standing up. But it was very much towards the end of that experience for you guys. It was honestly, like, just a black shadow. I mean, it was so far down the hallway and it's so dark in this place. But it was just this shadow and it was very much short, almost like it was crawling. It was very kind of slow-moving. But it wasn't so much all over the place as other experiences were. Hmm. And like I said, I caught the tail end of it because after a while, we were watching it and talking to it. And then shortly, like, I was there for a few minutes and then it and then it was gone. The moment was over. 
Mm-hmm. During that first experience, uh, after tour guide John kind of like scaled back a bit, Todd and I, we started moving up closer and closer to it. Oh, this is that moment. Okay. Yeah, that okay. was during the first encounter. Back. Yeah, we would we would move around a couple of pillars and then pop back yep. out in the hallway a little bit closer. And I, I want to say it was at that point that every time that we would make a hook around the, the pillars and, and like, advance, <laughs> like, like we were playing a damn game of Call of Duty or something, <laughs> like, we're advancing from pillar to pillar. <laughs> we kept moving forward, but it seemed like every time we moved forward, that thing would move back one. Oh, absolutely. But as we advanced, that's when I know Todd and I had our first experience of seeing the the lights. And I don't know if I would call them orbs or... Yeah. I mean, small ones. Yeah. Yeah. But, or maybe they were just very far away. Actually, that's kind of what I... That's what I'm... And that's, that, that's actually exactly what I was about to say. Because, like, from my recollection, once y'all started moving that far into the corridor... It's harder and harder and harder for us to see what's actually happening. Yeah, yeah. Those hallways are long. Like what we we alluded to that in numerous episodes on this series so far, but I really cannot tell you like when you're there in total darkness, depth perception goes out the window. As we advanced, everybody else could still see the thing that was bouncing around in front of us. Yes. And then eventually got to the point where everybody started to see those same lights bouncing around. Yes. The only way that I would be able to describe them is it's almost like somebody had a uh, a laser pointer with a dying battery. It a dying battery because it's fuzzy and dim. Yeah. It's and very it, much like... Has and it's like, like somebody click and let go. Click and let go. Yes. Click and you just see these streaks... Yeah, and it's it's got, like, very fuzzy edges. Like, it's not a super sharp light. So even if it's a dying battery, a laser light would probably just be dimmed. Whereas this is, like, not only... It's more, like, dimmed on the edges, but the center is still bright. It's got, like, feathered edges, as the designer would say. And tonight we are going to round out this set of experiences by hearing from our beloved Alejandro, ever the light-hearted presence in dark places. Alejandro, what did you see? I distinctly recall you you coming back to the break room and being like, oh, oh man, I saw it. And then like, you know, like you were all like, okay, I saw it. Like, oh man. And then, yeah. And then Jill being like, all right, well then we got to go back. (laughs) (laughs) Which, Um, which I'm sure like for a split second, you could probably see this look of disdain on my face. I I definitely, oh crap. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, that was, that was neat. Um, So yeah. So then as, as you know, the group coalesced and then went over to that hallway that she had just vacated and we're all standing at the end of the hall and we were all just on that side, right? No one else had gone down to the other end at all. I don't think at that point. No, not at that uh, point. No, we were all just in the group. Um, and so we're we're standing there for a second, and then it's like one by one, we're all like, "Do you do you see that?" <laughs> um, and so we're all just like kind of concentrating on just that end of the hallway, like all ten of us. Um, and it was just like, it's just, I mean, it's pretty much pitch black down there for the most part, but like you can see down 
a ways, you know, but like at, at a certain point it was like the shadow started to like condense a little bit in certain areas. I, I remember the first part that I saw was like in the lower left part of the hallway mm. at the end there where it was like, it was like the shadows got a, a little bit more like condensed. Um, and it was like trying to, <clears throat> trying to keep that like in focus. Um, of that particular region of the uh, the hallway, like with the shadows and all of that, and then people are starting to point out, like, like okay, I see it down there, and so I'm I'm like following what people are saying, and I'm noticing that, and then it's like it started to like drift like sideways, you know, across the floor mm-hmm. <clears throat> at one point, and so everyone's kind of like ooing and awing, kind of you know, in in their own ways and stuff like that, and so at that point is like okay, there's so many people with eyes on this side of the hallway. And so I'm like, okay, well, no one's looking behind us. That's always the kind of thing that I try to keep in mind is like when everyone's looking at one direction, I try to, you know, keep kind of swiveling, um, you know, just in case anything else is going on. And so that's kind of what I did like for the uh, next, you know, minute or so was just trying to see if I heard anything behind us, around us, anything um, Which I'm guessing you didn't, right? Because we were I pr- didn't. Mm-mm. We were pretty much backed up to that main entryway of right, the second we were like, floor. Yeah, we were so almost. Not too much yeah, we were us. like 15 feet from the doorway there. But there was like the open. I think that's like part of the sun corridor, like the the balcony kind of area over there. I think right. Like, yeah, yeah. Look, I'm assuming that was like some sort of a rec room or something because the piano was still in there mm-hmm. and and stuff right. like that. But yeah. then yeah, after after it breaks from that, we get into the long hallways and then the sun mm-hmm. corridors over on the right. Right. So I was just kind of scanning around to see if there was anything else going on, and there wasn't. And so just like focusing back on the hallway, um, it was it was like distinct. I never like really noticed any kind of like a humanoid shape per se, but there was definitely, like, condensed shadow that I noticed, like, it, it wasn't, it was almost like, instead of something, like, crawling that I noticed, at least, it was more of, like, where the shadows would, like, condense, it was almost like, like, rolling, I guess, like, where it would, like, condense, like, further on. So, uh, out of curiosity, did it kind of appear like the, the, uh, the more condensed shadow that you were keeping an eye on, did it seem to almost like flatten itself and then slide over mm-hmm. as opposed to hop? Right, right. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. It was definitely like like moving gradually. It wasn't like it was like on the other side immediately. It wasn't right. like zipping around or anything. It was like like drifting, I guess, like for lack of a better term, I guess. Yeah. So. Okay. So that was interesting. Yeah, definitely like the whole group of us standing there and we're all seeing – you know, approximately the same thing going on. Well, that's why I wanted to get your point of view on it is because like when we go back and we listen to all this, you're going to find out that while all of us were in that hallway and all of us were seeing something, none of us were perceiving it the same way. Right. Except maybe one or two of us were seeing the exact same Mm -hmm. thing that I was seeing. But after talking to everybody, like, you know, months after this, everybody is remembering this Mm -hmm. and, and, they describe it visually very differently. Like Todd kept on saying that he kept on seeing this moving shadow always on the periphery, but anytime mm-hmm. that he would try to move and hone in on it, it mm-hmm. would slip off to the other side of his periphery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't see any like humanoid shape or anything, but it was, it was like a noticeably 
deeper shadow that was like moving had more density and contour right, to it exactly. than the rest mm-hmm. yeah. yeah so that's what i started seeing when we when i first went out there and i saw it is it it was just a, yeah it was a, a shifting shadow however as it approached me it broke past the shadows at a few mm. point and the moonlight would hit it and i would see what looked like physical form like uh, skin yeah yeah It was shortly after the moving shadows and orbs first showed themselves that Jill suggested that we move on and explore some other locations while we still had a little time. As we were leaving, she said, Don't worry, it'll still be there. At that point, the group broke. Half of us heading up the stairs to the solace and the silence of the fifth floor, and half of us further into the dark. When she said, Don't worry, it'll still be there, I had no idea that for the rest of the night, every time I would look over my shoulder, it would be there. The time is 2 a.m. And that's where we'll pick it back up next time for the conclusion of our investigation of Waverly Hills Sanatorium. The next episode is finished and will be released in one week, but you lovely Patreon subscribers will get a two days from the airing of this episode. To gain early access to episodes and exclusive bonus content, go to www.patreon.com slash xvplanus. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Twitch, everywhere as xvplanus. And you can follow my personal misadventures and music projects at Folds and Floods on those same platforms. Links for both are in the show notes. If you like what we do here, head on over to iTunes or Spotify to rate and review us, and tell your friends about us, tell your families about us. Hell, yell at random people on the bus stop about us. You can also support us by going to www.patreon.com xvplanus and subscribing to gain access to our exclusive content. XVPlanus is part of the Green Mushroom Podcast Network. For more great shows like the one you just listened to, go to www.tgmpodcastnetwork.com. This show is produced in Durham, North Carolina, and is written, edited, and scored by yours truly. Music from the show can be found on my Bandcamp page for Folds and Floods or anywhere you stream your music. No part of this show or its music may be reproduced without explicit consent. Copyright Folds and Floods Productions. Once again, I'm your host, Flood, and this has been XV Planus. Thank you for being a part of the journey so far. I'll see you in the between. In Abumbratio, in Fluctus, sub velo. <laughs>